0: Well, today we're continuing our series entitled Let's Talk About It, where we talk about tough topics that we face as believers. And today I want to talk about a topic that often is neglected in the body of Christ. Often when we come to church, what we hear is we hear messages about how to advance in our faith, how to strengthen our relationships, how to move forward in every area of our life. But often where the church doesn't show up and have a conversation is, what do you do when life shows up? and everything falls apart. Well, today I want to talk about how we can help one another in moments of crisis, how we can help people who are facing depression and anxiety, how we can help people even in the moments when they face suicidal ideation. I know this is a heavy topic, but I believe that today there's hope. And I'm here to encourage you to prepare your heart for what God wants to speak to you. In fact... I want to invite you to open your heart because this is an important topic. It's very likely that the people in your life at some point are going to face a challenging moment. In fact, statistics say that nearly 50% of all people at some point in their life are going to face, face a mental health challenge. That's one out of every two. People are going to face depression. They're going to face anxiety. They're going to face struggles in their relationships and in their personal life but I believe that there's hope today. In fact, I've been praying that God would shine his light in the dark areas, in the challenging moments. When you find yourself in the valley of the shadow of death, I'm just praying that God would show up. In fact, I've titled today's message, Finding Light in the Dark. Finding light in the dark. You know, there's moments in life when the lights go out. Moments when you feel like everything's falling apart. Maybe for you, it's when you got laid off. Maybe you're still looking for a job. Maybe, maybe you, you or somebody that you know got an unexpected diagnosis. Maybe you faced betrayal by someone who said they loved you. Maybe someone came to you. Maybe your spouse came to you, someone that you love, and they told you that they don't love you anymore and that they're exiting the marriage. Maybe you're struggling because someone you love very much has passed away. Well, I'm here to remind you that Jesus, he's the hope and the light of the world. In fact, hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And I want to remind us that Jesus Christ can be found in the crisis. We just have to look for him. King David, the psalmist, in Psalm 23, verse 4, you know Psalm 23, many of us know that. He says this, even though I walk through the darkest valley, the KJV says, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff They comfort me. What King David is saying is that even when the lights go out and you're in the valley, you can worship God because he is present for you. He is the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome him. And I'm inviting you to allow faith to rise up within you to say, if he is in every difficult moment, his light is there too. And today we can find light in the dark. We can find light in the dark. Jesus is present. But as we get into this conversation, I want to address a couple myths that we as believers often have about faith and mental health. There's often myths that we bring into the conversation of faith and mental health, and I want to address a couple. The first one is this if I'm saved and I follow Jesus, I'll never have hardship. That is not true. That is not true. What I see in God's word is God does not promise us a pain-free life, he promises his presence in the middle of the pain. He promises not to save us from the storm but to show up for us in the middle of the storm. He is present in every difficult moment. We look at God's word and even just through practical life we discover that hardship shows up. It's equal opportunity, it shows up in everybody's life, it's part of the human condition. You look at God's word, what you'll discover is that even the great people of faith like Abraham and Moses and Noah and Joseph in the Old Testament and Paul and Peter and even Jesus, they faced hardship. They faced struggle. I want to remind you that the presence of pain doesn't mean the absence of God. The presence of pain doesn't mean the absence of God. In fact, he wants to provide his peace and his presence and his calm to your life. Jesus said this, In this world you will have trouble, but have no fear, because I have overcome the world. Here's the second myth we often run into as believers. If I had more faith, I could pray my problems away. Not true. Prayer helps when nothing else does. But you know, you can't pray away the bill that comes in your mailbox every month. You actually have to pay the bill. You see... In life, relationship problems need relationship solutions. Emotional problems need emotional solutions. Mindset problems need mindset solutions. Physical problems need physical solutions. Financial problems need financial solutions. I want to encourage you today to find a solution for the problem that you're facing. And often, sometimes, as believers, we just believe that prayer is the only thing. Now, I'm not discrediting prayer, but it needs to be prayer plus. Prayer plus something else. I want to remind us that we are multifaceted beings. Remember ramps from a message a couple weeks ago? Our life consists of relationships, attitudes and emotions, mindsets and thinking patterns, our physical life and our spiritual life. And we need to ask God to invade each part of our life because in every area of our life, there's things that are going well and there's things that are not going well. When we look at our relationships, some of the relationships we have with people are functional and healthy, but there are some relationships that are dysfunctional, right? You have some people in your life that you wouldn't invite to a birthday party, but because they're family, you have to invite them. Yeah, they wouldn't be on the list, but because they're family, you invite them. I'm gonna encourage you. Find people that are healthy in your life so that you can move forward. Sometimes we're emotionally healthy and we're all clicked in. And sometimes our emotions go all over the place, just like kids do when they're hangry, right? That's a place where they get emotionally unstable. Sometimes we're thinking right, sometimes we don't think right, and sometimes we don't even think at all. Sometimes we're facing challenges in our physical bodies and we do everything we need to do. We're, We're working out, we're getting our sleep, we're even eating broccoli. I don't know who likes broccoli, but broccoli is kind of at the last of the list, but sometimes you just eat it because it's healthy, right? You go to a restaurant and you're trying to be healthy and you're trying to impress someone else to tell them that you're healthy when they know you're not. And so you order the broccoli and you're eating that sad plate of broccoli, but you're just trying to take care of yourself. But then there's moments in life when you just throw caution to the wind and you go on a sugar binge, Now, I need a moment of honesty. How many of you have ever gone on a sugar binge? Okay, the rest of you never raised your hand. I'm praying for you that honesty will come into your life because I think all of us have been on a sugar binge before. There's moments in life when we're close to God and sometimes we're far away, but here it is. Prayer works. We also need to find solutions for the problems that we face, which leads me to the third myth. Sometimes in the body of Christ, we believe that if if we go to the doctor to get medicine or we go to a counselor to get help for our emotions and our feelings and our relationships, that we lack faith. That couldn't be further from the truth. I believe God has equipped doctors and counselors and psychiatrists with wisdom that comes from God. And I believe that prayer is essential, but I also believe that for some people, counseling and going to the doctor is exactly what they need. I'll give you an example. If someone has diabetes, Praying for them will encourage them, but it doesn't solve the fact that they struggle with their blood sugar. They need insulin. In the same way, sometimes when people are struggling with depression, they need prayer, but they also need some medication. There's nothing wrong in getting medication if it helps you function and move forward. And sometimes for people who have chronic depression or significant mental health challenges, it needs to be a combination of prayer, medication, And talk therapy, counseling. Because here's what happens. Prayer will address their spiritual need. Medication will improve their mood physically. And then what happens in talk therapy is they get solutions to their relationships. And to their emotions and to their mindsets. And so it's a holistic approach. What medication does is it lifts them out of the pit a little. So that then they can address the challenges of life. So I want to invite you. Find the solution that you need. Be willing to step in and do what God has called you to do. If you have a struggle in your life, go to the doctor, get checked out, go to a counselor, talk to a pastor, get the help you need because you deserve to thrive. And this is what God's word is all about. So today, with that in mind, I want to invite you to join me in Psalm 42. We're going to look at verses 1 and following. And while you're turning there, I want to just make mention of who wrote this. This was written by the sons of Korah 1. One version says it's the descendant, descendants of Korah. You may be wondering, who are the sons of Korah? Well, the sons of Korah were men who actually led in the church, they led in the house of God. They were there to support people when they would come to the temple. And they're also people who would worship before the Lord. And Psalm 42 is a meditative prayer to God in a moment of crisis. I wanna remind us that even those of us who work in the church can still face difficulty and we need God to show up. But I love what the psalmist does here is he points us back to God. And I wanna invite you as we look at God's word to set your heart on what God wants to speak to you. Open your heart. You may not be struggling right now, but you may face challenge next week, next month, next year because in life, you're either going into a storm, you're in the middle of a storm or you're leaving a storm. We need God to show up. Also, before we get into God's word, I just want to make mention of one other thing. For those of you who are note takers, I invite you to go to the Westover app. We have all of the notes that you can download and put in your own notes because I know some of you are a little OCD about your notes and you want to make sure that you have all the notes. So just go there. Let's go to God's word. Verse one. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? He's saying, I want to be in God's presence. Day and night, I, only, I have only tears for food while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, where is this God of yours? Sometimes in the middle of the night, the enemy will accuse you and say, where is this God of yours? And you can tell them under the authority of scripture, Jesus is right here with me. You need to leave in Jesus' name. Goes on to say this, My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of great celebration. He's remembering how things used to be. I invite you to go to verse 6, the start of verse 6, and then verse 7. He says this, now I'm deeply discouraged. But even in the midst of discouragement, this is what he does. But I will remember you. I invite you to say that with me. I will remember you. Verse 7. I hear the turmoil of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. Each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Some of us, we need to sing in the dark moment. Verse 9. Oh God, my... Oh, God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Here's the good news in verse 11. He changes his mind. He changes his outlook. He says this. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. I want to share with you today that as we end today's service, we're going to enter into a moment not only of communion but also of worship. And we're gonna praise God again. We're gonna worship God again. I wanna invite you to prepare your heart for that. We'll also have people, members of our prayer team available up at the front. So if you're going through a difficult time, they'd love to pray with you. But I wanna share with you today a few ways to find light in the dark. Number one, return to God, he will refresh you. Return to God, he will refresh you. Say it with me, return to God, he will refresh you. Sometimes when life shows up and life gets difficult, we have a tendency to disconnect from, from people and we disconnect from God. I want to remind us that returning to God is the best thing that we can do. Why? Because hope is found in the presence of God. He wants to refresh you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to reassure you so you can move forward. I love what the psalmist says in verses one and two, and then verse six, he says this, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you. Oh God, I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go again and stand before him? He says, even though I'm discouraged, I will remember you. The psalmist is saying is, I'm gonna go back to God. He's the one who gave me life. And if he gave me life, he can give me life again. He's there to refresh you. He wants to provide for you spiritually. He wants to refresh you spiritually through his presence. But not only does he want to refresh you spiritually, he also wants to refresh you physically and emotionally. And so today I want to share with you six ways to improve your mood that were created by God. These are free things that you can do. These are practical tips about how you can improve your mood and be refreshed. Number one, see a doctor or counselor. Sometimes we just need to go and get checked up and and make sure that everything is going all right in our body and in our mind and in our spirit. If you need the help, be willing to go get the help because the people you love deserve a healthy you. That's the best gift that we can give the people we love is a healthy us. I'm proud to say as, as a pastor and as a former counselor that I've gone to counseling before. I've gone to counseling before. I'm not ashamed of it. Why? Because my family, this church, and most importantly, God deserves a healthy me. And I want to show up. And I'll tell you, if I ever face a crisis moment in my life, maybe something dramatic happens in the world around me, I'm going to go and I'm going to get the help because I want to show up and be present for my family. Be willing to give people the gift of a healthy you. Number two, sunlight. The first and last 30 minutes of the day. I encourage you to get 10 or 15 minutes of sunlight the first 30 minutes and the last 30 minutes of the day. The reason is because when you, when you allow the sun to shine upon you, specifically into your eyes, now you don't stare directly into the sun, okay? That's, then you'll get eye damage. But you look in the direction and you let the sun enter into your eyes. What happens is it will stimulate the release of feel good chemicals in your body. It'll release serotonin in your body, which makes you feel settled and calm. It'll also stimulate the production of vitamin D, which is a hormone in your body that's essential for you to have an immune system and to be able to function. But the other thing that sunlight does, the first 30 minutes and last 30 minutes of the day is it actually aligns your internal clock. It's called the circadian rhythm. Early morning sun will wake you up and late evening sun will prepare you for sleep. And often people who struggle with depression or anxiety, their sleep is disrupted. And this is one way you can get back on track. Number three, walk regularly. Movement also stimulates feel-good chemicals. It gets your blood moving. It allows you to process out the stress hormones in your body. Because sometimes when, when there's depression or anxiety, life is challenging. But then when you add stress on top of it, life seems unbearable we have to do is be able to remove all the things and do everything that we can do to take care of our body. Movement can help. Number four, sleep. Why? Sleep is medicine. In fact, I want to suggest to you that sleep is sacred. It's God's way of refreshing your body and your mind. There are things that happen in your sleep that help you process memories and that help you learn, but it also allows your body to rejuvenate. This is one of the reasons why the enemy wants to steal your sleep because if he can steal your sleep, he can steal your joy. In fact, he can steal the next day from you because you won't be able to show up. If he can disrupt your sleep, he can destroy your life. And we need to ask God to not only give us sleep but to give us rest. Number five, limit processed food. Why? Processed food is optimized to taste good but it's not good for you. It's the reason why you can drink 64 ounces of a soda, but you can't drink eight ounces of water. It's optimized to make you consume it and want more. It'll make you feel good real quick, and then it'll make you feel terrible. It's created that way. Sometimes people who have anxiety and they have symptoms of depression aren't anxious They don't have clinical anxiety or they don't have clinical depression. In fact, what's happening is that the the processed chemicals that they're eating is making their mood go all over the place. Limit processed food, eat natural food, and you'll discover that you feel better. And finally, reconnect with people. Reconnect with the right people. There's some people that are not healthy for you. There's some people that are toxic for you. Some people have the unspiritual gift of uh, discouragement. They are there to discourage you. Have you ever met someone who just discourages you? You tell them, hey, I finally got a promotion. They say, well, you didn't get it six months ago. You get a, a, a new, a, you get a used car, and you say, I got a used car. And they say, well, it's not a new one. You can say, well, it's a new one to me. People sometimes give us discouragement, and they're not helping. So, what do we do? We reconnect with God's people to find joy. That's the next way to find light in the dark. Reconnect with God's people to find joy. As I mentioned earlier, sometimes when life shows up, we have a tendency to disconnect from God and disconnect from God's people. In fact, this is what happens to the psalmist in verse 4 and then in verse 9, he says this. My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. He's remembering times in the past. It's not in his present right now. And what happens when we disconnect from God's people and from God as well, verse 9 tells us what happens. He says this, Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? When we disconnect from God's people, the enemy shows up. He's waiting like a lion, ready to pounce on you. He says, where's your God now? He's there to oppress you. If the enemy can isolate you, he can destroy you. He is always trying to get you isolated and disconnected from God and disconnected from other people. This is one of those moments where we have to fight our natural tendency. We have to lean into relationship. So today, if you're struggling, maybe with depression or anxiety, or you're going through a critical, difficult moment, I wanna encourage you to find healthy people. Find them in the body of Christ. Here are a couple ways to find healthy, safe people. Number one, find people that don't gossip. Why? Because if they gossip to you about someone else, it's just a matter of time before they gossip about you to someone else. Secondly, find someone who's loyal. Find someone who's loyal. Find someone who is loyal to you, whether life is going well or life is falling apart. Find people who are willing to stick with you through thick and thin, And to students, I just want to say, find people that are loyal to you, no matter if the popular people show up, no matter if they have somebody who's there with great influence, find somebody who's going to be faithful to you. And then what do you do? You ask for help. You ask for help. You ask them, say, I need help. Here are some ways to ask for help. Send a message like this. I'm struggling right now. Can we chat? I'm alone with painful thoughts. Can we talk? I want to encourage parents. If someone you love, parents, family members, grandparents, friends, if someone you love sends you this message, I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you to drop what you're doing and help them out. You need to help them out right where they're at. It took took a lot of courage for them to reach out and I believe God can help them move through it, through you. And so today I wanna share with you a couple ways to help friends in crisis. Here's some ways that we can help friends in crisis. Number one, Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. When life shows up and it gets difficult, be willing to pray a 911 prayer. Say, God, give me wisdom to show up for them. Tell me what to say and what to do. If you ask in faith, God will show up and he'll speak to you and he'll speak through you. Number two, support them. Support first, solutions next. Support first, solutions next. Be willing to ask questions and listen. Don't judge. Be willing to ask questions and listen. Here's some questions to ask when you think you find somebody in a crisis moment. Do you feel hopeless? Why hopelessness? Because hopelessness is the number one reason why people start thinking about suicide. They feel hopeless. They don't feel like they have any way to move forward. Number two, have you had any thoughts of suicide in the past few days, including today? And number three, have you taken any action to harm yourself today? I want to speak to the parents today because I believe that sometimes we believe that if we ask about suicidal thoughts that we're actually giving someone the thought to think about suicide. I wanna reassure you that if you ask those questions, you're not gonna put the thought in someone's mind to think about suicide. But if someone is thinking about that, if you asking these questions can be life-giving and life-saving, they'll, they'll thank you for it. Number three, take them seriously. If they say they're thinking about not being around or they want to die, be willing to take them seriously. This is one moment we can't get it wrong. Number four, keep no secrets. They may say, keep this a secret. There's things to keep a secret. This is not one. What you tell them is, I love you. And I'm not going to keep this a secret. You deserve to live. And I'm going to help find you the help that you need. Be willing to say that to them. Number five, seek immediate help. Don't wait. Don't put it off till next week. Do it right then and there. Laundry can wait. Dishes can wait. Cleaning the bedroom can wait. Can't wait uh, forever, but you have to do it eventually. But be willing to wait. I know some of you are saying, but pastor, I'm, I just have to get it done before the end of the day. I know you have your list, but put that person at the top of the list. Leverage your focus, your focus capacity on helping that person. Let it be a superpower. Chores, chores can wait, but helping someone in crisis can't. Remove safety hazards. There's something in, in their immediate environment that can harm them. Remove that. Number seven, find ongoing support. Be willing to get them connected to counseling. Help them move forward. I want to share with you that we have a family resources page. It has uh, resources on mental health and counseling referrals. If you need to find a counselor, go to this website. This is a list that I've created personally to help you to move forward. And I also want to say this is something worth taking a picture of. It is the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. This is something that can help people move forward. They can get free and confidential support. They can call or text the number 988 or they can chat online at 988lifeline.org. You can also find resources about how to help people who may be thinking about death or dying or suicide. But I want to speak to those who may be thinking about that today. Maybe you came in and you're struggling in your own mind and heart. You may be struggling today. I want to share with you that Jesus loves you. He died on the cross to set you free. We love you. We want you to live. We want you to move forward. We invite you to reach out for help. We're here to support you so that you can live another day. In fact, I invite you to to mark this verse. I want to invite everyone to mark this verse in their Bible, but especially those who are struggling. It's this. Psalm 118, verse 17, it says this. I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. I believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to break the, the work of the enemy who's whispering suicide and death to people. And I believe he's going to provide freedom in Jesus' name. I believe he's going to do that at the end of our service. He's going to set people free. Which leads me to the last way we can find light in the dark. When it's dark, worship. Because dawn is coming. The word God tells us that weeping may endure for the night. But joy comes in the morning. Joy is the presence of God. I want to reassure you that God is working in this moment. It's not going to be dark forever. God's going to help you move forward. In fact, this is what the psalmist says in verse 11. He says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. Say again. Amen. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. He's saying, I'm going to worship through the difficult moments. Sometimes we have to worship our way through the dark night. Worship is so essential because it allows God to get bigger than our problems. Sometimes we're so focused on the darkness that we're in that we fail to see that the light, who is Jesus Christ, is as close as the mention of his name. I want to take you to Psalm 43. It's the next chapter. It's written by the sons of Korah. In fact, most scholars seem to think that 42 and 43, they were written at the same time. So, what it says in verse 3 and 4. Send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of all my joy. Today, I believe God's inviting us to step into his altar, to step into his presence, to find hope and freedom. And today, as I close, I want to invite you to stand. This is a sacred movement. This is a sacred moment. This is a sacred moment. Just want to encourage you to lean into what God wants to do. I've discovered that we can't, we can't receive the light of Jesus unless we welcome, into, welcome him into our heart. We need to welcome him in. Fortunately, here at Westover, we believe that saying yes to Jesus is as clear as A, B, C. It's A, admitting we need Jesus, because we all do. B, believing that he died on the cross to pay for our sin, to pay for sin that we couldn't pay for, but he rose again on the third day to give us hope and freedom and life. And number three, that we would confess from our heart, with our mouth, out loud, that we want him to be in charge of our life. And I want you to have an opportunity to receive the light of Jesus, to know him personally. So here's what I wanna do. I wanna invite us to bow our heads and close our eyes. We're gonna create an environment where God can work. I know some of you may be at a place where you've disconnected from God and you wanna come back to him. Maybe you've heard about Jesus, but you've never declared him as Lord and savior of your life. This is your moment. Here's what I wanna invite you to do. On the count of three, I wanna invite you to raise your hand. You're not joining this church, you're just saying yes to Jesus. Here's your moment. Don't miss it. One, two, three. Yes, yes, yes. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus sees you. For those of you who have raised your hand, I want you to say a prayer right after me. In fact, I'm gonna invite all of us to say this prayer from our heart. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay for my sin. I receive you today as Lord and Savior of my life. Be in charge of every area of my life. Give me hope and freedom. Give me your peace. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. If you just said that prayer for the first time, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. We invite you to text New Life to the number on the screen. I also invite you to be a part of our Faith Essentials class where you can learn how to move forward in your faith. And finally, sign up. For water baptism so that you can declare your faith in jesus christ but right now i want to invite you to retrieve your communion elements we're going to go before the lord we're going to welcome him into this moment so i invite you to pull back the cellophane and grab the bread and let's pray right now jesus we come to you in this moment we ask that you would bring us close to you lord would you administer these elements to us and remind us of your love and what you did on the cross I pray, Lord, that you'd move in the lives of people today as they partake of these elements. Bless your people in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. The word of God tells us that on the night that he was betrayed, he gathered with his friends and they had one final meal. He took the bread and he said to them, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. Take it as often as you do in remembrance of me. I invite you to break it and let's take it in the name of Jesus. I invite you, while you're, while you're taking it, that you just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're creating an environment where Jesus can work. And after they had taken the bread, he took the cup. He said to them, this cup represents my blood, which is shed for you. It's the new covenant. It's the promise I make between you and me. That if you believe in me as your Lord and Savior, you'll not only have eternal life, but you'll also have healing and freedom and peace. He says, as often as you take it, do it in remembrance of me. I invite you. Let's take it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And now we're stepping into a worship moment. I'm gonna invite our prayer team to come forward. I know that some of you, you're facing a difficult moment. Maybe there's someone in your life. Maybe you're doing all right, but there's someone in your life who needs the light of Jesus in their life. I wanna invite you. Whether you're struggling yourself to come up and get prayer or you're praying on someone else's behalf to come up, we'd love to pray with you and encourage you. And as we step into this worship moment, here's what I want to instruct. Those of you who stay in the audience and don't come forward, I want you to not only worship God, but I want you to extend your hands and pray that God would work in the lives of people. I believe that Jesus He died on the cross to give us hope and life and freedom. He went to the grave. He went to the dark place so that we didn't have to live in the dark place. And he emerged out of the grave on the third day. He conquered death, hell in the grave, and darkness so that we could have life and freedom in Jesus Christ. And I believe he wants to minister to his people today. I want to challenge you to just take a step of faith and ask that God, would shine his light in the dark situation. Let's pray real quick. Jesus, we come to you, we welcome you into this place. Step up and show up in a mighty, profound way, in a tangible way for your people. I pray, Holy Spirit, you move amongst your people begin to bring healing and freedom in Jesus' name, God. I pray, Lord, you set people free from depression and anxiety. I pray, Lord, you set people free from oppression from the enemy. I pray, Lord, you set them free from thoughts of suicide, God. I intercede right now, God. I lift them up before you. I pray, Lord, you minister to hearts. I pray that people would walk out different than they came in because there's power in your name, Jesus. And right now, we're gonna worship you. And God, we're gonna pray that you would move powerfully in our midst, God, we're going to move to your altar where we can find you in Jesus name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Let's worship together.